0: Can you hear me? No. Praise God. Can you turn with me to Romans 8 chapter? Amen. Amen. Romans 8 is one of the most powerful, amen, chapters in the Bible. Amen. What we're talking about today, amen, is in the spirit, living in the spirit. Hallelujah. The primary author of the, of the New Testament is none other than the Apostle Paul. In this particular chapter, it's kind of speculative whether or the book is. Speculative, speculative whether he wrote it in prison or not. But I'm going to give him the benefit that he did. Amen. Praise the Lord. And just getting into it, I know we have. I'm not going to be with you long. I don't want to be fidgeting with this, <laughs> this mic. Right. But uh, let's look at 8, 1 through 11. It says, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in that it was weak as through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Amen. Though I went with four verses, I did study the whole thing. Amen. So I'm going to go on with five through nine. For those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile to a God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able, to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness, last verse. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, right? Amen. If, let me read that again. But if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I just want to say this. Amen, we as believers today, amen, we would not be here if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. Amen, we wouldn't be in the church. Amen, the triune Godhead is on one accord in regards to our salvation. Salvation would even exist. Amen, you cannot tell me not one time that I'm saved and I am tearing this day for the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't care who you are. Can't nobody tell me that because why? I'm going on what the scripture is saying. God's word, not my opinion or anybody else's. And I know that in Ephesians, the uh, first chapter, the 13th and the 14th verse says, at the point of belief, God sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Now think for a moment, my brothers and sisters, a criminal waiting for execution, right? In a few hours, he'll be sending in the electric chair to pay a penalty for his crimes. However, the warden brings in a message from the President of the United States. It is a pardon. The condemned criminal is now set free. How do you think, how do you think the criminal felt when he heard the good news that he was free? I think he was relieved. I think he had gratitude. I think he had some joy of knowing that he is no longer under condemnation. He is pardoned. This is what happened to those who have responded to Jesus Christ, his invitation, and put their trust in him for salvation. For under God's sin indictment, now we are his beloved children. Under his sin indictment, we're going to hell if we don't accept his darling son, Jesus Christ, and say, we're, we were condemned before we came to the Lord. Just like the, 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 the candidates are campaigning for a president today, this is what somebody is doing in regards to them going to they, they don't realize that they're going to win this election if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their savior. I don't know what happened to my mic, but it's all good. I tell you what, I don't want to use the mic. I want to go with this. Praise God. Can somebody look me up right here, Corey? Amen. testing, testing. It's still not working. But nonetheless, we are condemned. We were condemned as as men and women uh, of God. We were. We were, past tense. But now we're forgiven. We're on our way to a devil's hell, right? Now we're on our way to heaven. So instead of eternal death, we received eternal life. Looking at the first verse. The first verse says, Therefore now there is no therefore therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The word condemnation looking at one of the dictionaries means the action of condemning someone to a punishment sentencing. The word occurred only 3 times my brothers and sisters in the whole New Testament, all of which are right here in the book of Romans. We find the first one in our first verse, Romans 8, there's now therefore, amen. But our text here, the second one is in 516B of Romans. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting resulting in condemnation. The word condemnation is there. Verse 18 is the last one, that A part. So then as through one transgression resulted Condemnation. Uh, my, one of my favorite theologians and writers is Worsby, MacArthur, and some of these others, are, they give good, good uh, reference, amen. Worsby stated that Romans 3.20 shows that the therefore of condemnation, because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin, right? The the, the law is a schoolmaster for us today. All the law can do is let you know the sinner that you are. Amen. It's good. It's all good because God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. It's it's all good. Well, all it's supposed to do, all it's supposed to do for mankind is let mankind know their stance before God. And if you break just one part of that, amen, it condemns you to death. Amen. So he said that therefore that therefore, a condemnation because of the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in the sight of God. For the, through the law comes the knowledge of sin. However, in Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let me read that again because it's almost sounding like I said the same thing. Amen. But I know I didn't. Roman 3.20 shows that therefore of condemnation because of the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge. Roman 8.4 says there is therefore now no condemnation. See, 3.20 said there is. 8.1 said there's not, amen. So condemnation is used judicially, meaning before a judge or a court, as the opposite of justification, being declared righteous, amen, for the believer. So no condemnation means deliverance, not only from sin's guilt, right, but also from sin's power, from sin's power, amen. Notably, through Christ, we've been delivered. When you accepted Jesus Christ, what happened? He delivered you, right? If it was genuine, right? Amen. So he delivered you then, amen. In Romans eight one is the end result of the blend, because he says that therefore is therefore. So the the in, so in Romans eight one is the end of the blend of chapter seven into chapter eight. Amen. Where Paul was struggling. Paul was struggling, but he was a struggling what Christian. He was a struggling Christian, amen. It describes a believer in a miserable state. You can't tell me out there that you haven't went through something. None of the verses in in Romans 7 mentions the Apostle Paul's mistakes, or identified what the mistake was. It didn't identify, amen, his failures. It didn't identify no sins, amen, or even any type of vice that Paul committed. It's just was saying that Paul was going through some changes. He says, when I wanted to do the right thing, the wrong thing was always present. And then he even said, even I found myself what? Doing that. So once you get saved, are you completely delivered from sin? Hey, Amen. I don't think so. I don't think, it's not the whether I think so or not. I know you're not. Amen. So, amen, in the Old Testament, realizing that in the Old Testament, we have a David. We even have an Abraham. New Testament, we had a Peter. And here in this particular passage, we had a Paul. Amen. And others in the Bible probably suffered, amen, the the same consequences of their sins. Suffered consequences. Amen. However, they did not... uh, uh, suffer condemnation. We may suffer the consequences if you don't get it right. I think the 13th chapter of Hebrews said, God would take you where? To the woodshed. There's gonna be some consequences, amen. Now don't get me wrong, God is the God of another chance. I ain't gonna say one, two, three, four. So in contrast, my brothers and sisters, Chapter eight explores the blessings of uh, the blessings possessed by believers through Jesus Christ. The verse is what Paul amen said in reference to his struggles in Romans the seventh chapter twenty four and twenty four and let me just read that. He said, wretched man am I right who shall set, set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. so then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other, with my flesh, I, I'm serving the law of sin. The law of sin. Let's look at verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of Christ and life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free, Right? One prominent theologian by the name of Schaeffer wrote, a Christian is a Christian because he is, because he is rightly related to Christ. But he that is spiritual is spiritual because he is ri- rightly related, amen, to the Holy Spirit in addition to his relationship with Christ in salvation. Because I could not say just because you're related to Christ and not the Holy Spirit. I just got through saying earlier that there's a simultaneous type of salvation year. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit immediately, instantaneously, is almost like when you say yes and, and the Lord knows your heart, the Holy Spirit is right there. Boom. And you are saved just like that. So I can't separate the two right. It's a relationship that we have with God the Father, God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit himself. All three of them are working. But whose ministry is it today? It's the ministry of who? The Holy Spirit. Amen. It's Paul said that it was more than likely, maybe about 19 times or 20 here in the book of Romans, that the Holy Spirit is mentioned more so than all the rest of the old New Testament. And only one time in Romans before even this, one or two times that the Holy Spirit was mentioned, from one all the way to, to eight, to seven. And in chapter eight, it, he's starting to unload. Nineteen times the Holy Spirit was mentioned. It's his ministry. Who is the Holy Spirit? I mean, who is he? We find him in the 14th chapter of John, where Jesus said, if you love me, I think that was around the 15th or the 16th. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'm going to pray to the Father. Amen. See, Jesus had to get off the scene. He said, I want to I want the Father to send you somebody else just like me. And he called him a comforter or a paraclete to go along with you. I want to send you another comforter so you can get victory in your life when these trials and these trips come up. Amen. I want to send you another comforter just like me who will be with you. And not only that, he's going to be inside of you. Inside of you. This is his ministry date. This is over 2,000 years ago. This was said. Guess what? It's still going on. All those who give their life to the Lord. Amen. 2,000 years ago, I didn't know I was going to be saved. Why? Because I didn't even know I was going to be here in the first place. But nonetheless, I'm here and became accountable for my actions and then gave my life to the Lord. Amen. Paul discovered the law of the spirit of life was more powerful. The law of the spirit of life was more powerful than the two laws mentioned in Romans 7 and 23, where it said, I see a different, it says this, I see a different law in the members of my body. They're waging war. Amen. The war against my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Amen. Amen. I want to stop right there. Because in Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 16th and the 17th verse, there's a war going on. Amen. And I think it was the, the uh, uh, what's the name of that group back in the day? There's a war going on. And if you want it, well, the Hawking family. It is, that's real. Amen. Who gonna dominate what? This vessel. Who's going to die? And there's a war going on. And Paul said it was a mind thing. Amen. He said, I see a different law in my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. One more time, my brother, words we said. The law no longer has jurisdiction over us. No more. Amen. When we were lost, we did what we wanted to do. Convictions, did we? Amen. Until, amen, redemption came, right? So we were dead to the law, Romans 7 4a says, and free from the law, Romans 8 and 2. One writer says the word for in Romans 8 and 2 introduces the reason there is no condemnation for the believer. The Spirit has replaced, right, the law, amen, that produced sin and death, right? We was on our way to hell if it, that didn't happen. Romans 7, 5, and 13 says, with a new simple law that produces life. If you read those verses, this is what the conclusion of that is. He said the law of faith, Romans three twenty seven, or the message of the gospel. When I heard the message of the gospel, I believed in it. What is that 10 and 9 of Romans? Amen. If you confess with your mouth and believe where in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, about, he didn't say nothing about him going to the cross. Is implied though? He went to the cross. If he would die, he went to. We see that in the Bible. Amen. Ain't that something? I'm up here getting scams on my. Anyway, verse three and four says the Spirit says that the law of the Spirit of, of life of life is capable of doing. Well, let me read the verses. Four. This is verses three and four. It says here, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Living in the spirit says that the law of the spirit Of life is capable of doing what the mosaic law could not do due to it being weak through the flesh amen they couldn't keep it it was in the flesh They wasn't in the spirit the trouble was not with the law amen but with all in human nature the law could not save it only could condemn you the word like in in verse four, it says the words. It says so the requirements of the law make feel that okay. The word law like that's verse three. The son in the likeness of sinful flesh, in the likeness. Now we know in Galatians four and four that the Lord He said that uh, God sent forth His son, born of a woman, born under the, under the law, and in so doing He to redeem those that were under the law. So here we find God, or Jesus, Amen, coming into amen, into the, in, becoming a man, amen. Starting out just like everybody else as a child, had to grow up and everything, amen. He came up divine, amen, still, 100% God as a baby, all the way up to being 100% God as a man. But he came in the likeness of sinful man. Why? Because we couldn't do, we couldn't do nothing as a man or a woman in regards to our sin problem. And God knew that, John three sixteen. He so loved us. He gave his only begotten son, amen, to take our place. He know that we couldn't do it. If we even, if we die, we we're going to hell. He knew that. And so let me, he said, I love my masterpiece of a creation. Let me do something for him. And he sent his son. That's God. He so loved us. Amen. So he said the word, so it says here, the trouble was not with the law, but with the fallen human nature. The word like guards against the thought of some thinking that Jesus might have had a sin problem because he was human. Like who? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. They couldn't listen to Jesus. <laughs> who you think you are, man? You, just, you, you were blaspheming against God, talking about you, know, that you were like him and all of this. And they, they, didn't, they couldn't uh, grasp the fact of who Jesus was. So the word like guards against some of the thoughts that uh, Jesus might have sinned. Second Corinthians 5, 21 states that he made him who knew no sin, right? To be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of, of, of God, right? That we may become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So in other words, the sacrifice Jesus did on the cross satisfied God's demands, right? It did. It satisfied God's demands and, of, of his holiness. Amen. For the punishment of sin. Once again, words to be said. I don't want to use, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm not going to pleasurize on nothing. Okay, I hope you don't blame. Me. He said the law of double jeopardy, right, states that a man cannot commit what? uh, try, Be tried twice for the same what? Crime. Amen. Since Jesus paid the penalty for me and you, right? for well, our sins, since you are in Christ, God would not condemn you. He's not going to, Condemn you to hell. Why? Somebody already else, somebody else dealt with your sins. Amen. Somebody else did that. Verse 4 says, so that the requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let's not get it twisted, right? We are still, in a sense, under the Ten Commandments. Hold up, hell of you said we're under the law. We're still under the Ten Commandments, but in a condensed, in a condensed sense. It's been condensed. I mean, that means it has been uh, like, you know, uh, been drawn in. The Lord didn't get rid of none of the commandments, but he condensed it. How? He condensed it. He he condensed it in love. He said, two commandments that I want you to keep, and you will fulfill the whole law. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, body, mind, and strength, and love who? Your neighbor as yourself. And then he even condensed it even further down to one commandment. And that commandment is to love. Amen. So we can keep it, but the only way we can keep it is in a, content, a condensed sense. And then even from there, you got to be saved in order to do, in order for that to, to apply to you. Amen. So then they, uh, uh, Paul spec, uh, specified that the believers conduct uh, their lives after, conduct their lives after uh, uh, the governing dictates and standards and resources of the spirit. Everything that the spirit wants you to do, he wants you to be obedient. Amen. Not the flesh. Easily you can get beside yourself. Amen, which is the flesh. And start doing it your way. Start reasoning your way. And God don't want you to do that. He says this is because the flesh or the sinful human nature is capable of producing only only that which is corrupt and evil. Amen. Amen. John MacArthur going to tear that up later on down the road. I got a little ways to go for that. It says as believers, we have been set free from the clutches of sin and death. Amen. From the clutches. In fact, we have now, amen. The divine enabling through the life-giving Spirit. Verse five, and I only got four more to go, or three. Four. I'm going to eleven. <laughs> But those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Those who live after the governing dictates of and dictates and standards and resources, right? Amen. Of the flesh, not the Spirit, think that they can act in a certain way. You ever seen anybody like that? Amen. They supposed to be saved. I found it on a couple of jobs. And, uh, you know, oh, and I hear me saying, oh, my God, this. And they'd be singing some hymns and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, amen, all of a sudden I hear them talking to somebody else. And Bloop came out over here, and Bloop came out of their mouth over here. And Bloop, then Bloop this, then I heard Jesus Christ and, and, and this and that, and my God, and all this. And then uh, I had asked this one foreman because she got on me the first day I got into the, on the job. And uh, um, man, she gave me some ABCs, I'm telling you. And uh, I said, wow, you know? And so uh, I was on, it, the reason why she did it is because I guess she thought I was supposed to already know where I was supposed to go when she was supposed And so in order, in the way that she went about letting me know, she had to use some of those uh, ABCs on me. And uh, I said, well, wow. And I found out somebody said that she was uh, uh, a Christian and everything. And I said, what? And you know what? I shouldn't have went to her, but I did. I I said, wait a minute now, sis. I said, "Um, you know what I mean? I said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't you can't say those particular things. And she was looking at me all evil, but she could not say one word. Now, I'm not judging her whether she was a Christian or not. I was just letting her know that she was not supposed to be doing these particulars or saying these particulars. And uh, uh, she did not say anything. And I felt that the Holy Spirit in, Matthew, in John 16 chapter, convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment, convicted that sister. And I did not hear not another milli word <laughs> come out of her mouth. Not, not another one. At least not at me. Not in my presence. I did not hear it. Amen. But uh, uh Sometimes you see the believers thinking that they have a license to do some of these particulars and we don't, my brothers and sisters, Amen. I we're going to have We're going to get the Lord said, you got to give an account for every word that proceeds out your mouth. Amen. And the thing is that you do as a believer, because there's a judgment seat of Christ waiting on all of us, right? A judgment seat of Christ where the Christian is going to be judged for the good and bad things done while in the body. Those who live after the governing dictates of standards of the resources of flesh think that they can act a certain way. Devoted to th- they are devoted to the things of the flesh, not to God. Both the head and the heart focus on the unholy desires of Colossians 3, 5 through 11. In sharp contrast to that, those who live according to the spirit focuses their life on the desires, amen, of God. Such a focus involves attitudes, the focus involves actions, the focus that are uh that, that are involved are pleasing and acceptable to God according to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. And we know what those verses say. It's where the war was going on with the flesh, and after that it showed the vices that the that of the of the sinful nature, and then it showed the 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 fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we know that this is really this. I mean, some, some of these vices we said, Lord, I ain't I ain't there yet. Lord waiting on you. And, hey, don't don't like somebody might want to jump on you or something like that. Say, well, hold up, brother. I'm Christian, you know, but uh, I haven't really not um, gotten the victory in this area, so I want to put some, serve notice to you. Don't go there. Don't go there. And you might be in a world of trouble. Amen. Amen. So people who live according to flesh look forward to the alienation of death, of the ruin of death. That's the six verses for the mind is set on the flesh. But uh, see, that's why I kind of excluded five through eight, because it was more than likely talking about that battle, that war that's going on within us. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to scoop down to verse nine, and I'm going to finish up with 19 and 11. We who are united to Christ. Amen. Well, let me read the verses before I get there, so I won't. For the mind, this is verse six. The mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind that's set on the spirit is peace, because the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God, for toward God, for it does not subject. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Amen. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, verse 9, says that you are not, amen, in the flesh. My brothers and sisters in the Lord. But in the spirit, right? You are in the spirit. We who are united to Christ are not to operate under the control of the flesh. The flesh is not supposed to drive your tempo. He's, supposed, he's, he's not supposed to own you. He does not have any property, no ownership in you. God could have easily gotten rid of this. But check it out. Here, the Apostle Paul, amen, wrote over three quarters of the, of the New Testament. And we find in the 12th chapter of, first, of 2 Corinthians that God placed a thorn in his flesh. Where it was where was the thorn? We don't know. This is eyesight or something else. Nonetheless, it was a thorn in the flesh that he prayed three times for God to remove, and God would not. He said that what my grace is sufficient. Amen. Here this man is. Amen. He done been, he done went to Saudi Arabia and saw and 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 had counsel with Jesus Christ for three three years. Amen. He all of this he had he was a hebrew he all this he has so many credentials that are amen profound amen this man was a, a serious scholar amen amen he said hey that that ain't it amen uh uh-uh. uh no 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 we are to operate or operating under the spirit's control paul here assumed that he was he was writing uh, who he was writing were genuinely indwelled with the Spirit. These guys did not have the Spirit. He assumed that the Spirit had taken up permanent residence in the lives of his readers, consequently guided them, the, 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 the scriptures. The Spirit's indwelling presence identified a person as belonging to God. First John four thirteen says, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit within. Amen. But we don't want to get beside ourselves amen, and have that war going on, but it's going to happen anyway. Amen. And verse 10 says, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And I'm going ahead and read verse 11 because I want to go on and finish. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead also would give you give your mortal bodies through whom his spirit through his spirit who dwells in you amen will give life right to your mortal bodies will give life to your mortal bodies the spirit of god makes his home in every person amen they put their trust in jesus your body becomes the temple of the holy spirit amen amen your body becomes the temple he needs to have free course in his temple, amen. He needs to be able to go into your mind. He needs to be able to go into your heart. He needs to be able to go in your feet, shy with the gospel. You need to re- some prayer hands here, amen. He needs to be in the whole person. The whole person is the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen. 1 Corinthians 19 and 20, 6, 19 and 20. And when there is no evidence of his presence by the fruit of, that by the fruit he produces according to Galatians, but the fruit of the spirit, amen, which is love, joy. Do y'all, have anybody ever quoted that without having to look at the Bible? Amen. That's something to remember. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generous, goodness, long-serving self-control. Nine of them. And riff them off. Because this is you. And amen. Amen. How do you know that you're saved? Amen. Do you want to tell somebody about Jesus? Amen. Is there a desire to get into the word? Is it a desire to sing the praises of God? Amen. Or would you pray for somebody. Amen. These things, if you want to help somebody, you want to instruct somebody. Amen. All of this, he said, word or deed, right, brother Jews and John and James? Word or deed. everything to the glory of God that we do. And the Holy Spirit orchestrates these things through our lives. Amen. Amen. He does. So verse, one writer said, even the body is destined to die. Amen. It's inevitable, right? Because of sin, unless the Lord returns, it's going to come a point in time, we're going to demise. It's going to be our demise. Amen. We're going to die. We're going to have a funeral. Well, where are you going? As a believer, we know that the Lord, we're going to be at the home in the presence of God in a twinkling of in a twinkling of an eye, we'd be right there with the Father. As Soon as you die, in that last breath, boom, you in glory. Amen. I don't know how many seconds it takes or what. Maybe you're faster than that. But when you, when, when the, when the spirit of life, I'm talking about life, but the Holy Spirit, Amen. When that leaves, Amen, Amen. 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 You're in presence of God. Now that can happen even in the rapture. We don't know when. And no man knows the day. No man knows the hour when this thing was happening. So how are you supposed to act? How are you supposed, what is your conduct? What is your conversation? How circumspectly is your walk? These things have to be considered. Amen. In order to live, have a living, uh, a life of living in the spirit. These things have to happen. Praise God. Why does the spirit impart his spiritual life to all who receive Christ? Not only does the spirit, I'm sorry, Spirit impart spiritual life to all who receive Christ, but He also quickens the same physical body of the believer in our future. This is affords one all time. Amen. A believer who, who, amen, who can have one day a resurrection body, and that was my close. I could have said that a long time ago, but that is, amen, my close. But it's not a close for those who have ears to hear, amen, and hearts to where they have felt this, if, if you did, amen, because all I gave you was word, amen, and this is what saves, so this is where I am in my in the invitation, is that those who don't know who the Lord is and the part of their sins, amen, even in our congregation right now, and even on Zoom, we have our phone number there, you can call in, amen, and you can tell somebody, hey, look here, I heard the word, and I know I need to be saved. Amen, what is the protocol of my coming to Christ? What do I need to do? What is, how do I establish a relationship with God? We have those, my brothers and sisters, in place right now. Amen, this day, this is the day that the Lord had made. Amen, this day you can, have, you can receive salvation, for there's no other name given among men. It's gotta be Jesus. And when you accept Jesus, our God, our Holy Spirit, will come in. And all three will sup with you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He will deliver you from the penalty of sin. He'll deliver you from the power of sin. And one day, because it's authentic and genuine, your life in Christ, He'll deliver you from the presence of sin. Is there one? Amen. And if it is, amen, you can see some of my brothers and sisters at the end of our service. Amen. Praise God.